0: Welcome to The F Word, Foster Care. I'm your host, Colleen, and today we'll be diving into our reunification story and what life has been like post-reunification. Welcome to The F Word, Foster Care, where we get real talking about and navigating the child welfare system through parents, the department, attorneys, community, and more. Welcome to The Conversation. Welcome back to The F Word, Foster Care. My husband, Derek, is joining me again today. Hi, guys. We were going to have a local mom on um, this week to talk about her journey and reunification, but we had some technical difficulties, and she'll be joining us at the end of this month. Derek and I want to take a quick moment to just say thank you for all the support that we we have received since our last episode. We came into this with the expectations that probably besides my mom, no one else would probably listen to the show, so we have been blown away by the encouragement that we've been receiving. Thanks again for listening and coming back to hear another episode.
1: So excited. Thank you.
0: So this month is Reunification Awareness Month, and we wanted to share our story of what life has been like after reunification. So it took us about 13 months to get to reunification fully, but we started a transition period about a month before custody was returned back to us. A transition period is basically when... The department and the courts have all agreed that, you know, it's time for kids to start to transition back into their homes. Um, They don't usually just send the kids back home, although we would have loved that, but they do sometimes a transition period to ease them back into the home. So our transition period started about a month before the kids came home. And if you listen to our first episode, Derek had already gotten a lot of unsupervised visitation. He had been having overnights with the girls um, pretty much most of the, I would say a good bit of the case.
1: About six months in probably.
0: Yeah. So he was already kind of in that transition period already with them. So this was a new transition that brought me into the equation. And the girls were able to come to our home, every single weekend on Saturday and Sunday and Derek had to supervise me with the girls while we were at home and actually right before that I think you had started supervising visitations between me and the girls
1: yeah I was doing that even outside the home
0: yeah so about a month before they came home is when we started to do visitations inside the home and again, like I couldn't be unsupervised with them. I wasn't allowed to really, I think there's like a lot of stipulations. Like I had to be monitored with my cooking and things like that still. Yeah, it
1: was um, a lot of weirdness.
0: The first time that the girls came home was probably a lot harder than I thought. Like you go into reunification thinking, oh, this is gonna be great. Like I can't wait to have my kids home. And you're imagining what life was like before like their removal. And you're kind of expecting it to just basically, like, go back as if your kids were just over at grandparents' house or at summer camp, and they're just coming home. And it's not like that at all.
1: Not even a little bit. It was it was weird. It was awkward.
0: Yeah. It was, like, number three, she couldn't figure out where the bedroom was. And it kind of dawned on me, like, wow, like, when she was removed, she didn't really have, like, a long-term memory per se. It was, like, kind of just starting because she was – just coming out of toddlerhood, basically. Yeah. Um, so that was hard to kind of hear the moment she walked in was like, oh, where's my bedroom? I forgot where it's at. And when you have moments like that, you have to kind of keep yourself together as a parent. You can't show your hurt. You know, you're obviously hurting, but you can't show it to your kids and say, oh, my gosh, you don't remember where your bedroom is, and then lose it and start crying because um, that's not helpful to them. You have to kind of just go, oh, you know, you're right. It's been a while since you've been here. Let me show you around your house. You know, she still just didn't remember where her room was. And that was not something that I was prepared for, you know, and also trying to learn your parental roles again, because when you're in visitation, you're not really working and doing most of your normal parental roles. Instead, you're kind of pushed to just kind of basically hang out with your child. Um, Pretty much the community visits are just tough. It's hard to find somewhere in the they're community. Not,
1: they're not fun at all.
0: No. It's hard to find somewhere in the community where you can be a parent. like. Yeah. And then your kids, too, think that every single time you have a meal together, it's supposed to occur at McDonald's or out to eat or something. Like, they...
1: They still think that.
0: Yeah. Like, <laughs> everything revolves around, like, what we did. Like, oh, well aren't we going to go bowling this weekend? Aren't we going to go to McDonald's this weekend? And they think that that's kind of the normalcy of how to interact with their parents. And so we had to learn our parental roles within the home again of, you know, knowing boundaries. I mean, it was difficult. I mean, I just remember the first night we were like, are we allowed to let them go play in a room by themselves? Or are we supposed to be like right next to them all the time? You want to be, you want to be next to them because you've missed them for so long. But at the same time, you're like, I know that they want to go play and do their own thing. This is the first time they're back at home, so.
1: Should we let them explore or not?
0: Yeah, and are we allowed to? Will we get in trouble if we're not all eyes on them twenty four seven? You know, you're you having to come back into that basic role as a parent and having building your confidence back up. Because when you go into the system, it doesn't matter, even if you do nothing wrong and you know that, like, you did everything that you possibly could for your child and children beforehand, you can't help but to think, like, you're a horrible person and a horrible parent. You know, especially since you're told these things. I mean, you're actually told you're a bad parent. I think I was called a liar in court. I was called so many awful names. You know, it's hard not to believe that stuff.
1: I didn't believe any of it.
0: But it's hard to not tell yourself that it's not true. You know, especially when you think it's all your fault anyway and you're being told that you're the reason. It is very difficult to kind of put that aside and say, it's not me, I didn't do anything wrong. So it really impacts how you work as a parent. When you kind of lack that confidence again, like you second guess everything. I think I asked you for permission all the time.
1: Yeah, it was weird for me because I always had to sit there and, Like, be the one who made all the decisions and didn't feel like we were... Really, at times, it didn't feel like we were a married couple. I felt like your boss most of the time because I had to tell you what what you could and couldn't do with the kids.
0: No. Definitely put our marriage in an awkward position because we weren't equals at all. And then, even after that, like, when they came home for good, it was like, I knew that I had custody of them again, but I didn't feel like I did. Like, I felt like I still had to abide by all these crazy rules that were set out and you know even at that point when it was like oh but now you're allowed to like take your child by yourself i never felt comfortable even taking them to the grocery store by myself or like when you had to go to work it was hard to be at home with them by myself i
1: remember because i was i remember all the phone calls (laughs) getting phone calls four or five times a day what should i do should i feed him this should i do it this
0: yeah, because...
1: It was difficult.
0: hmm Absolutely. Again, the confidence is completely gone. And you're just trying to rebuild yourself up and relearn your kids, too. Like, yeah.
1: Well, your kids got to sit there and test their boundaries and everything, even though you get to see them once a month there for a long time. You know, they're being raised by somebody else. So they come home, and it's like they got to relearn their boundaries and what they can and can't say and do. It was a tricky oh, yeah. little... Yeah, Definitely. It was,
0: like, yeah. having to relearn our roles and everything was a big one, and and they come home different. They're not the same kids anymore. No. You know, not only is it because they went through trauma going through the foster care system, but it's also because a year has gone by, and they're young kids. Their kids change so much in a year in general, but you add something like a trauma of going through the foster care system, and they're very different. And their likes and dislikes, like, you you don't even know them anymore. Even though you see them and you spend time with them, you still don't know their day-to-day likes and dislikes like what they want for breakfast or their snacks. Um, you know, especially since we weren't allowed to provide them with any food and we couldn't ask what their favorite foods were, didn't know what they like and what they didn't. And so that was weird and difficult to have all their favorites that we thought were their favorites and at home and start cooking all their favorite meals. And then they're like, oh, no, I don't eat that anymore. And it's like, oh, okay. It's
1: time to learn how to like that again. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, and then just in school, too. Like, I remember having to go and put number um, two back in school. And I think the school that she was at, they wanted to retain her again in first grade. And when I saw her grades, because the whole year, I never knew what her grades were. I only heard bits and pieces about how she was doing basically at court, and that was it. And I remember that they were like, no, she needs to be retained. She needs to stay in first grade again. And I got her grades, and she passed. And the reason that they wanted to keep her was because of her emotions. That so they wanted to keep her in first grade because she was They felt that out. she
1: wasn't emotionally ready for the second?
0: Yeah, the second grade. Second grade. And we enrolled her at our local school. We got very lucky because um, the teacher she ended up getting was somebody that I grew up with. And so it was really awesome to reconnect with her. But... The hardest part, though, is when you have to tell people what happened. We're just so lucky, though, that we ended up getting some really amazing teachers for the girls because you can't only just tell them that one time, that one year, because this impacts them for such a long time. And you have to make sure that teachers and others that are going to be around them know why they may react the way that they do on certain things. Or why they might have days where they don't want to leave their parents and so we've got very lucky that everyone was very supportive and understanding and didn't judge us off of it they still allowed us to participate at school allowed me to be room mom and chaperone and knowing that it was okay and that the school accepted us was a big positive thing for us it basically like confirms that like You're not a bad person and you're not a bad parent, even though that's how you feel. But just to have that acceptance of the community was very helpful. But at the same time, you don't want to tell everybody.
1: No. At all. You don't want to tell everybody, but sometimes just breaking the ice and getting it done with because you know somebody's going to say something.
0: Yeah. Like, your kids could probably slip up. And that's always my fear is when my kids meet new friends and they go over to their house or something and especially when they're younger just like are they gonna slip up are they gonna go oh yeah so last year when I was in foster care and so you have to think about those things and because then how are you gonna react if a parent then questions you about it or a parent potentially could say okay you're no longer allowed to be friends with them you especially are not allowed to go over to their home anymore and I never wanted that for my kids and thankfully we haven't had that happen but also our girls I think kind of
1: They don't really talk about foster care that much. No.
0: I think they do a little bit more now that they're older. And I think they can fully understand it. And they want to be part of this world and helping others and helping kids and families in the foster care system.
1: Yeah.
0: And so they talk a little bit more now, which is why we're doing what we're doing now. You know, we had to make sure that it was something that our whole family was on board with. Because we're not the only ones who went through it. We're not the only ones who reunified with the girls And, you know, my family had to reunify with them, too.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Your family wasn't able to see them at all.
0: Like, barely. Just, like, holidays once in a while, and that was it.
1: Yeah, for, like, an hour or something on Christmas, and that was about it. it? Well,
0: we had three hours, and that was spent at my parents' house, but that's as much as I saw them on Christmas as well as my parents and my family. You know, if you listen to the first episode, you know, like, my family was very involved with the kids. That was hard for them, and so having to go through re- go through the reunification process for them as well, and I'm sure, I mean, I can't speak for them, but I'm sure it was weird for them when they first finally got to babysit the
1: girls. I All, would think so.
0: Because it, it's, it's just weird, It, and I hate to use that word when you're talking about, like, your kids coming home, but it's weird. It's super weird.
1: It is. It's very weird. It's, you know, you get, what do they say? parents are on vacation. Oh my gosh. That is the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah, Spend I heard... The whole time crying, freaking out, wondering if you're ever going to get to see your kids and when you get to, and then you go from being a once a week or a once a month parent for like an hour to a full-time parent again. It was, it was really weird, especially I... for me because I had to go, I had to be supervisor for you for the whole time. And for a long time and it was just really weird for me having well, to do that
0: and you got extra time with them because you were able to go over i think every other weekend or every weekend and spend the night yeah but it was months, still
1: but... weird because i had my parents supervising yeah. me so it was just weird and you
0: weren't in your home or anything and that's the thing too is like if visitations were more family oriented where you could feel more comfortable and how you're parenting whether it's that you get to parent inside your home with a parent aid or a supervisor somewhere you can basically be a parent I think would help with reunification tremendously, Yeah, especially if your case goes on for a year or longer. You really have stepped out of this parental role, and to have a space where you could have consistently parented in a comfortable environment and in an environment that was natural for families, it would make reunification and that process so much easier. When you are a parent in foster care and you're trying to visit with your child, you just it's just it's hard to explain you don't feel like a parent
1: at all no, no, that's what I'm saying. It's like you just feel really weird. It's like you don't feel like a parent for a long time, and then your kids get basically like this kind of thrown back into your house and it's like you're back to being a full-time parent
0: Once they came home, it was a lot of anxiety, and I will say like the anxiety even seven years after reunification has not gone away. It's gotten better, but, I mean, it's still there, but it has definitely gotten better. You know, there's anxiety over, can I make decisions? The big decisions. I'll ask you and I'll ask my parents and I'll even call my attorney sometimes and be like, okay, this is what we need to do. Is this okay? Do you think this is gonna be okay? And she'll be like, trust yourself, you're a good parent. You can do this, you've got it, it's okay. But you just, you lose all trust in your own self.
1: We still do it. Yeah,
0: I mean, it was... Still
1: going through it.
0: There's anxiety of, you know, anytime there has to be, like, a medical decision made where, like, we call up our PCP and we're like, okay, this is what it is. What do you think? Do you absolutely think that it's medically necessary? Do you think this? Do you... You know and thankfully we have an amazing doctor too who I was scared to have to tell them but they were there the whole time that the kids were in care they were my family doctor and they were just so phenomenal with being caring and supportive while also understanding like we have specific things that we have to go by now you know they I don't ever feel judged from them so years following um, reunification is not as easy as you think either it's holidays were usually filled with tears up until a few years ago I spent every single holiday crying because yeah. you're you're reminded of the times that you missed of all the holidays that you missed Birthdays are hard and because it's a whole year where you don't you barely have photos you barely have photos you barely have any knowledge of them it's holidays that you never got to be part of you know you mourn those I mean especially Mother's Day oh my gosh Mother's Day was horrific
1: That was the hard one for you
0: because that it was just a constant reminder. A knock on the door on Mother's Day or a car slowly driving by would freak me out and just throw me into panic. You are constantly looking over your shoulder. If a car slows down to this day, even not on Mother's Day, I'm kind of like, okay, what are they doing? Are they coming here? Why would they come here? What did I do? Did I do something wrong? What was it? Two Thanksgivings ago? my nephew came running in and something broke and so i was like i got it i'll clean it all up and got down on the ground and i start sweeping up glass and the door is open and i look up and there are two cop cars like right where they were the day that they took our kids and i just remember like i went completely almost out of my body it was like i could look up and i saw my sister standing there holding my baby again i could like hear the police officers, I could hear defects again. It was literally like I was back in that day. After that, I haven't really had any types of moments like that afterwards because I talked to somebody, and since when I was told that that is such a normal thing for parents to go through, and it's a normal type of PTSD that moms and dads go through after foster care, to know that I was normal was nice. Oh, yeah. After that, it was just kind of like, okay, I can do this. I'm normal. This isn't abnormal. They're not coming to get my kids. And I just from there really started to focus on self-care and affirmations and things like that. And
1: How can we help others?
0: Yeah. And really throwing my mind into that and... Working it back in the system, as weird as that is, like you would think I don't want to be near the system. I don't want to be reminded of any of that. And I'm reminded constantly, especially when I present and have to tell my story again, or having to tell somebody else new what I do for a living and how I got involved in that. It has helped me. With my anxiety, it's helped me to see people kind of say, hey, this is a good thing to speak out. It's a good thing to let people know what it's like, because unless you've been through the system, you don't know. There's not enough conversations with the community and the public to say, this is what it's like, and this is how we need to support parents within the system. Yeah. It's still a learning process for us. We're still...
1: We're still figuring out.
0: We're still grieving some days. But I guess
1: that's just part of being a parent, too, you know? Yeah.
0: It's a interesting way to be a parent, but, you know, there are times where... I say, you know, if it if I hadn't have gone through that, X, Y, and Z would have never happened to us. I feel like we are a stronger couple. We are a stronger family unit. We have more patience than I think we ever had before.
1: I mean, maybe you do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, really, I mean, we really value our children and our relationships with others, too. Our,
1: the kids are freaking amazing. I mean, for kids to go through what they went through and to be able to come home and just return back to normal as normal could be was pretty amazing.
0: They're resilient for sure. Yeah. So this month with reunification month, we just want to raise awareness that if you ever hear of a family that says, hey, I just got my kids back from the foster care system, just know that it's an amazing thing. But it is also probably one of the hardest parts of their case that is the time where they need the support because there is a lot going on for the parents and a lot going on for the kids and it is not sunshine and butterflies you know it's something to be celebrated and something for the community to look at and say way to go parents we're so proud of you y'all guys are rock stars parents need that they need the validation that they are good parents and that they worked very hard to get their children back you know i see parents constantly who day in and day out do everything that they possibly can. We had heard once that parents are on vacation while their kids are in foster care. And that broke me because if that's a vacation, I never want one. I never want to go on vacation if having your kids in foster care is considered vacation. Because that was
1: That was some of the hardest work we ever went through and they didn't even tell us what to do.
0: And emotionally, who would ever want to say Take my kids for 13 months so that I can sit at home and cry and wonder what I can do to be better and what I can do to get my kids back and why can't my kids come home. What else did I do wrong? Second-guessing yourself and going through all that, that's not a vacation at all. For that, parents in the foster care system, they're not always going to fit the stigma. I will say majority of them do not fit the stigma that you think of when you think of foster care. So if you ever hear that somebody has a past, you need to really support them and to rally behind them and tell them that they're not alone and that you don't see them as less than, that they are equal to you, that they are a parent. they're amazing and that they did something extremely hard. They went through something very difficult and came out on the positive end. Oh, yeah. This month, let's celebrate parents. Let's celebrate parents that have reunified from the foster care system, parents who have reunified through family preservation. And let's think about those parents who are working towards reunifying with their children and how can we give them support? We are just excited to have you guys listening and hopefully in the future have y'all guys coming together and helping us to rally behind these families in foster care thanks you guys for listening all you you parents out there that are doing the work and trying hard to get your kids back we are here for you we are thinking about you and for all those parents who have reunified with their children we are so proud of you you guys and your children are the true heroes in foster care we will see you guys next week bye bye Bye.